0: happy Saturday. Today, I'm excited to welcome you to episode nine of Saturday Conversations. Today's episode, I pray, will be filled with encouragement and hope in Jesus' mighty name. Today, I had to bring on a guest that that I've known for almost 10 years, and I love how God is using her to spread the gospel all over the world. Without further ado, please tell me, welcome to the conversation, Julia. Julia, what's up? Hey,
1: how are you? Good, how are you doing? I'm great, thank you.
0: So before we get into the topic, we just wanna just introduce yourself to people who don't know you. (laughs)
1: Okay, I always find this part funny, because after like so many years in college, I'm like, how do I introduce myself? Um, But but, yeah, I'm Julia, and I'm 30 years old. I'm now based in San Antonio, Texas, but I just left the mission field a month ago. I was in South Africa for five years, that's where I was based, Um, but I spent a lot of time in Mozambique, Namibia, Lesotho, um, traveling around to different tribes and villages, um, so it's been quite the transition, but I'm yeah, I'm working my way through it. So <laughs> that's what I'm doing. And I have a degree in marketing and yeah, <laughs> all encompassing all around there. Yeah. But so, yeah, how, that's how who you, I am.
0: How do you do that from marketing to the mission field? How did that how did that happen?
1: You know, I actually think like marketing, like my degree in marketing and communication background actually set me up to be like the missionary I am because like with Christ and that communication background, I was able to like. Like totally communicate with different cultures, which I don't think like I would have done otherwise if I didn't take like things like interpersonal communication and international communication yeah. and things like that. So it actually was really cool how I'd like work together.
0: So as a Christian, we're just supposed to be marketing Christ. So, exactly. So, so everyone, you don't need to go to seminary. Just go to school, get a marketing degree, and yep. you're good to go. <laughs> and then read the Bible. Obviously. Obviously. <laughs> awesome. Exactly. Anything else you want to talk about? Like about who I am? Yeah. <laughs> um. I can.
1: I don't. You. Have, I don't know if you're going to ask how I like found the Lord, but that's like a big part of who I am. Um, yeah, let's let's talk so.
0: about that. How did you? How did you uh, end up in a relationship with Jesus?
1: Yeah, that's a great question because I. Like, first off, I always say, if I wrote a book, I would call it the accident, the accidental missionary or like the accidental Christian, because that's yeah. how I feel like. Um, but in 2014, I was arrested for the second time for drinking and driving. Um, it was kind of like, yeah, it was a big catalyst moment to like me wanting to find out who God was because I I had grown up with like kind of a faith background. Like I, went to catholic church until i was 10 so like i knew the idea of god i just like didn't know why he was like punishing me for certain things like i grew up and my mom was an alcoholic there was a lot of abuse in my household so i just had this like why why did god do that you know what i mean i thought he did that um so in 2014 in that jail cell i prayed the first prayer i'd probably prayed in about 10 years and i just said if you can get me out of this, like every sinner's prayer, I was like, Lord, if you get me out of this, like, I will do what you say, but you just got to get me out of it. You know what I mean? Like, um, And so I ended up getting bailed out of jail and I had to go through like the whole process court. I had to hire a lawyer. It was like a huge time in my life. That was just like terrible. And i kind of like lost sight of like that prayer, but I think like God didn't lose sight of it. Um, (laughs) And so in 2015, I just fell in this like really bad, like, dark spot. I had gone through my whole like sentence, quote unquote. I had to go to like a rehab, like quote, like a Christian rehab. I went to a Christian rehab called Celebrate Recovery, which was amazing. I did some community service. I actually got off really easy. And even my lawyer was like, I don't know, I don't know like who was watching over you, but like somebody
0: was, Yeah.
1: Um, but I just like fell in this really dark place in 2015. And I just like, didn't know who I was. And I think like the basis of Christianity is like knowing who we are and like knowing who we are in Christ. Yeah. For sure. that, like I just had no sight of that identity, like none of it. Um, And so I actually just like typed in trips to Africa because that's what like was on my mind. That's what I wanted to do. I googled trips to Africa and I like signed up for this mission trip like and it's so funny because at the time I wouldn't even say I was like a fault like a I had a relationship with Christ yeah but I like signed up for this mission trip and when I left um sorry this is kind of a long story but (laughs) when I left yeah I met the directors of our mission program on that side they went over the book of Ephesians with us and I don't know if you know the book of Ephesians but the whole first chapter of Ephesians is about our identity talks about who we are in Christ I think there's like 14 things that it says about us. Like, we are chosen, we're adopted, we're loved, we're redeemed, we're yeah. forgiven. You know, it just, it just the whole so first good. chapter just goes over that. So and, good. and they said in our like training for our mission work, they said, if you read something 21 times, it will like you, it will permeate you. And so I remember like leaving for that outreach and I was like, we're going to read Ephesians 21 times. Yeah. And I don't know what happened over the next three months on that outreach, but my, I just, the Lord just totally like took me a hold of me. He like washed his grace over me. And he was like, you're mine. (laughs) Like you are mine. And the verse Ephesians one, seven, where it's like in him, we are forgiven through the blood of Jesus Christ in the forgiveness of our sins. It's actually tattooed on my arm, (laughs) (laughs) which is like a huge thing because I think I held like my jail and everything like over myself, but like to know that I was like forgiven, like through his blood, it was just like this huge, like, Um, and so I really think that that's how I like, my relationship with the Lord started. It was like in Africa during that time in 2016. Um, and then it just escalated from there. That, yeah. Then I just like fell in love with him.
0: That is so good. Thank you for shit, man, that is, when you write a book, I'll be the first person to buy the book. So <laughs> Thank you just so look
1: out for like the accidental missionary. Yeah. There.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Mission missions by accident. Yeah,
1: <laughs> completely on accident. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah. I always like laugh at that. I'm like, it's so funny because it like turned out to be like a huge part of my life. But yeah,
0: <laughs> that's so. so awesome. Yeah. So let's that's just get it. right into the topic. Y'all see the yeah. email. Y'all see the y'all see the title. We're about to talk about how to trust Jesus when you can't even trace them. Julia, what I realized is that everyone has gone through or is going through or is, will go through a season where they can't trust Jesus. The storms of life will come and beat us up, but just because we get beat up does not mean we're defeated. And sometimes people think that we lost the battle, so we lost the war. No, we just lost the battle, but the war has been already won 2,000 years ago on a cross by a a man named Jesus. So we serve the unbeaten, the undefeated, unlimited God. And if God is for us, then who can be against us?
1: That's, yeah.
0: (laughs) And we we just have to keep that in mind when we encounter these types of seasons we go through. John 14, verse one says, don't let your hearts be troubled. Trust in God and trust also in me. So Julia and I's goal through this conversation is to help you realize that you're not alone in the seasons of storms. And we want to assure you that even though you can't trace Jesus, you can trust him. Before we uh, before we go into how to trust Jesus when you can't trust him, I just want to uh, set the table for people at home. So let's talk about your time in South Africa. How long were you in South Africa?
1: Yeah, so I was there for five years. Um, wow. Like in yeah, Southern Africa total, I was five years. Wow. Yeah, wow. yeah. so it became a huge part of my life. <laughs> I miss it.
0: <laughs> yeah. Well, so my first official question to you is, why did you decide to go to South Africa? Like, I know you went there originally, um, you know, you typed it in, you went there, but what made you want to go back?
1: Yeah, that's a great question. Because so at the end of that, like three months where I told you, like God had just taken a hold of me, um, I felt like my life just radically changed. And I was like, I can't go back. Like, I can't go back right now to the place that I feel like holds a lot of hurt for me. And I think like... (laughs) we all have those places. We all have those moments that the things that hold hurt for us. And so I just knew, like, I can't go back to the place that I was arrested to. Like, I don't really want to go back to the place that I like grew up in. Like, what do I do, God? What do I do? And so like, for the first time I just prayed and said, all right, God, like, it's up to you. Like, what do you want me to do? I really truly feel like I'm supposed to be here, but like, what do you want me to do? Yeah. And it was the first time that I like felt God's leading. And he just said, you're going to live here. And I was like, what? And then it was confirmed because the directors of our program called me and they were like, hey, so we prayed about it and like, we want you to come back. And blah, blah. and so it just like worked out like the yeah. way that like God just like worked that out. Um, yeah. And so that like made my decision easy for me. Like it yeah. wasn't hard for me to say, okay, let's go. And so the transition was actually really easy because my prayer the whole time was like, God, you're going to like, if, it, if it's in your will, like you're just going to blow down the doors. Like, yeah. and that's what he did. And I think like that's how we know like we're following God's will. And sometimes we gotta knock a little bit, yeah. <laughs> but like he just totally like opened every door. And like it was easy for me to say, like, bye. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: That so is, that is so good. And what I want people to hear this when they have an when when people have an encounter with Jesus, you can't go back. Nope. But most people they have encounters with religion, they have encounters with regulations, they have encounters with restrictions and rules. But when you have an encounter. With the King of Kings and the Lords of Lords, you cannot just go back. You can't go back to, you know, time as usual. You you just can't do it because you start to realize how much Jesus loves you. And that's what I realized is like throughout the pandemic, I knew like Jesus died for my sins. I knew that he, he went on the cross, died for my sins, rose on the third day. But during the pandemic, I just had this realization that he didn't really have to do that at all. No. <laughs> the Bible says that he poured out his deity, him being God, and he took on the cross and the he, he took on being a servant. So it's so crazy. And I, I, I can uh, agree with you. I can I, I just know what you're talking about when you said when you had an encounter with Jesus, you just couldn't go back.
1: Just know. Yeah, you just know like he. Oh yeah. I like, I get so passionate about it. Cause I'm yeah. like, if you, if everybody knew what Jesus did for them, yeah. like they would fall on the floor because yeah. like I did, I was like, leave my life, like hands up, let's go. like. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, I totally understand. <laughs> you,
0: you, I, like sometimes I'm just speechless. Cause if you just fathom what he did for you, like the son of heaven, like the, he, he did not have to do it, but he's all like, you know what? Edward is going to mess it. up. I need to go take his cross. Julia's going to mess up. I need to go take her cross. Exactly. And then he,
1: but I'm so thankful. I'm so like, I, it's like, like we understand grace a lot and I just yeah. totally get it because I'm like, I don't know what I'd be without him. You know, Yeah.
0: I'm the exact same way. I'll probably be, yeah, I'm just gonna leave it at that. i it'd be, it'd be bad news if, if Jesus did not sh- show us his mercy. Yeah, and absolutely. Even the, even the Bible says that it's God's kindness that leads us to repentance.
1: Yeah, definitely. It's not I like agree.
0: God's rules, not God's restrictions, but it's God's kindness that leads us to repentance. So, you know, and
1: that's something I actually really struggled with in the beginning of my walk. And I think a lot of people struggle with this. So I just want to mention it real quick. Like, yeah. I, I thought, because of what I did and I'd been to jail twice and you know this and that and whatever I did to get myself there like I thought there has to be punishment yeah and I was like I couldn't fathom God's justice and God's love and I didn't see how they went like this mm-hmm. I just thought like he's a just God and he like I mean he flooded the earth and like killed everybody you know <laughs> except for like two of every animal
0: yeah <laughs> but, like so
1: I was like that's the God that I know you know what I mean yeah. but like in reality like his love for us is so unmatched yeah and it took me so long to realize that like (laughs) he gives us that free will and there's our consequence like my consequence was what I went through yeah like it wasn't like he just like wanted to smite me it was like he loves me so he allowed me to go through that and he pulled me out of it and he said I you are mine. Like, you are mine. Like, pay attention to me. And it, like, really made sense to me that they, like, his love and his justice, like, went together. Yeah. But I think a lot of people think he's, like, this punishing God, but he's not. Like, that's not who he is. No. Like, we punish ourselves.
0: Yeah. (laughs) We we make our own mistakes, and we have to do our own consequences. Absolutely. To go back to what you said, God is a just God, and all his wrath was poured out on Jesus while he was on the cross. Absolutely. So, if I had one message to preach, give your life to Jesus. That's it. (laughs) Cause like he deserves it. He's worth it. He's worthy of it. It's just like, we can talk about, we can talk about this for the next seven days about (laughs) Jesus. And we probably wouldn't even barely scratch the surface.
1: Yeah, no, definitely. I I agree.
0: So as you're moving, my next question to you is as you're moving to South Africa, what was the process like?
1: You know, (laughs) most of the process was honestly letting people know, because I think like that was like a big thing for me. Like, I got to tell my family, my friends, like I'm about to pick up my life and move. Yeah. Like the like the legal process. I had to get like a visa. That was I had a few bumps in the road because I don't know if you know anything about South Africa, but like. I don't want to, I love South Africa, but just like the visa process was not very clear okay. anywhere. <laughs> and so there was a lot of bumps in the road, just like legally with like what I need, the paperwork I needed to have. But yeah. one person said this and one person said that, I'm like, <laughs> but God worked it all out. And I got my visa. I ended up getting like a four-year visa, which was amazing. Um, it was like a work visa, which is like also very hard to get. So after I was able to get that, it was just the process of like getting people used to the idea that I wasn't going to be there. And like, I don't really think I'm much, but like, you know, your family and friends think you're a lot. Like
0: yeah. you are a lot. <laughs> and,
1: all right. <laughs> yeah. And something I had to realize was like, um, it's easy for me to go because it's something like exciting for me. And like I know God's calling me to it. But I had to like rationalize in my mind that like my friends and family, like their life goes on and without me. And I think that that, like, if that's a huge gap, if you're used to seeing someone every day yeah. and I like didn't even like think about that. Cause I'm like, I'm going and I'm excited and I'm following Jesus and everything's going to be cool. But like, I also had to realize, like, there was this like heartache on the other side. So it was like a little bit of like yeah. a tearing process, I guess. Um, but no, everybody was super supportive and it was buying the plane ticket and going. Once I had the visa, that was awesome. So wow.
0: yeah. <laughs> well, if we you had to convince someone, that they should be a missionary. What would you what would be your point? What would you be be your turning point or your tool?
1: Don't do it unless the Lord calls you to. It. <laughs> no, I'm serious. I think a lot of people have like a and I think a lot of people in America have a very glamorized view of mission work like you're going and you're going to march through the villages and you're going to save people and i mean it's it's like a very glamour even now that i've been back for like four weeks people are like oh my word like you were such a kingdom worker and i'm like no we're all kingdom workers come like on. come on like you can be in a mission field whether you're a janitor or whether you're a missionary like it so does cool. not matter
0: that is so cool. um and
1: yeah. And so like I would say to someone, unless the Lord calls you, don't do it because it is hard. It is the hardest work I've ever done. I mean, to cross culturally, cross those boundaries, to learn languages, to I mean, it is it is tough work day in, day out. I mean, people don't always want you there. Mm. You're like you just have to pray and ask the Lord, like, please, like, allow some sort of open door. And if he doesn't, you know, you just keep pushing and pushing. And oh yeah, it's hard work. But yeah. my advice if you truly feel a call to missions pray about it let the lord lead let him walk your steps because without him it's not going to go well (laughs) it's just not going to go well because i know like the times that i've like tried to do something without him even there like being a worker for his kingdom in africa and i tried to do something without him it didn't work and then the minute i said okay god let's do it with your plan it was like the sea is parted, you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so that's probably not what people want to hear because I think a lot of people are like, I've grown up and want to be a missionary, but I'm like, just you just have to let the Lord do what he wants to do because maybe your mission field is teaching. Maybe your mission field is, you know, having a podcast and making videos and sharing the word of the Lord. And maybe your mission field is Stay at home mom. Like it doesn't matter. Your mission field is where God puts you.
0: So, so
1: missionary in Africa or a missionary in America, you are a missionary
0: no matter what. That is so good. I don't know where. I don't know how people started to believe that I'm not a missionary unless I go overseas. Yeah. I'm a missionary at Walmart. I don't. I don't understand what, what. I think it might be a lie from the enemy saying that uh, if you're not in Africa, you can't spread the gospel. I'm here to tell you right now. There's a lot of people in America they don't believe in Jesus. So we have, we have right picking right here in our own country to spread the gospel of Jesus Christ. Even with all the, the apps, is TikTok, Instagram, Facebook, you can, you can talk about Jesus wherever you are. So you can just get on like this conversation. We're talking about Jesus. You can just pull out your phone and says, you know what? Jesus loves you. And that's it. So I think people just need to get out of their minds that, that, um, being doing mission work is just if i'm in a different country
1: absolutely yeah. i agree like heck share jesus in a bar i don't care where yeah. you do it share the word of the lord you can do yeah. it anywhere literally i've like talked to god up like i've talked to people on the plane about the lord and they've like told me they've never believed in god but now that they've heard my story on like an airplane yeah. so you know just do it wherever you are <laughs> yeah
0: for sure so my third thing i think uh, my third question i'm going to ask you is what was the biggest adjustment moving to South Africa?
1: I actually think, I'll be honest, I think there weren't as many adjustments just because, like, there were, but there weren't. And it was, like, a very gradual adjustment. Like, all of a sudden, I'd realize, like, ooh, I don't understand that conversation and that, like, it bothered me a little bit. Or, like... Mm Oh, they're driving on the wrong side of the road that like kind of was weird for my brain or, you know, or like, I know for me, like walking, like I would always walk on the right side, but then, you know, now I got to walk on the left side, like, you know, so little things like that, that like, I think kind of like got to me, but I think the biggest thing was the language. And I like made it a point to say to myself, okay. Okay like south africa has 12 national languages <laughs> and then on top of that there's many tribal languages there's sh- and like namibia has its own languages Lesotho has its own languages Mozambique has its own languages so i just asked the lord like will you let me like as long as i can greet people in their language like i will feel like that opens a door especially as a missionary if i can greet you in your language that just like shows that i want to know you yeah um and i also like Afrikaans was the main language that I was around we were in a lot of Afrikaans communities Mm -hmm. and I was like I'm gonna learn it (laughs) and so like over my five years there I yeah I've become decently fluent I understand full conversations and it opened a lot of doors actually because I was able to like speak to people that I wouldn't normally be able to speak to but I think the language is the one thing a lot of people speak English but if you speak to someone in their own language it just makes a difference makes a difference wow so
0: So can you say something to us in Afrikaans?
1: Um, You want me to say, like, how are you? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, So I just said, like, how are you, Edward? How are you today? What are you going to (laughs) do? All right. Yeah.
0: (laughs) So that was the biggest adjustment was just adapting to the language.
1: I think so and especially like so many different languages in one place like okay I could go one place and hear English I could go the next place and hear just I could go to the next place and hear Zulu I could go to the next place and hear Afrikaans and it was just like so much happening <laughs> and I just want to understand it all <laughs>
0: yeah understandable so what yeah. are some things you did while you asked in South Africa
1: oh great question too yeah like mission wise is that like
0: yeah, so wise, And then also what did you do to like relax and, you know, you're not home. So what did you do like to relax and, you know, stay sane? Because like I said, you weren't home.
1: Yeah, no, definitely. Um, Well, first off, like the work that I did was all encompassing. I actually led mission teams that came in from either the United States, Canada or both. Oh. Um, and so I led these teams into communities um, at either for one, three or six months at a time. And we would go to different communities and we would just become the hands and feet, like our whole basis of ministry was relational ministry we didn't give out anything we didn't give money we didn't give clothes food nothing because we just realized that like if you have a relationship with someone it opens the door for so much like so many other things because as soon as I can tell you like hey Edward like I'm on the same level as you and I'm just here because I love you and I'm here like because the Lord sent me and they don't know maybe they don't know the Lord But like if they just know that I'm here without any other strings attached, then they say to me, why are you here? You know what I mean? Like, why? And then I get to explain to them like because of Jesus. And, you know, it just opens so many doors. And so that was kind of the basis of my ministry that I did. I was in cities. I was in villages. I was I've eaten everything you can imagine. I've been in very comfortable places. (laughs) So it's just been like a mix of things um and as far as like to relax I mean it's funny you probably wouldn't think that South Africa I think a lot of people have like an image of like lions and elephants but like there's a mall down the street from where I lived oh, okay. and, <laughs> yeah like there was a Starbucks in the mall um yeah. so like I could walk around the mall I, I I did a lot of hiking I love hiking like I met a group of like young adults from one of the towns there and yeah uh, I hiked with them a lot that was super fun and yeah i joined Bible studies and things like that. So yeah, I think it, it felt like when I was like in South Africa, it felt a little bit more normal life. Um, yeah. Like when I wasn't on an outreach, but when I was on an outreach, it was solely in that community um, doing what they do. So could have been anything. <laughs>
0: okay. yeah. Awesome. So while you were in South Africa, you hit a season that every believer hits called the, I call it the God, why me season. So yeah. Do you mind sharing that that season with us?
1: No, I would love to. I think I'm finally in a place where I can share it since yeah. it still feels like a little bit raw, but um, oh, we're to start back in like 2019. So December 2019, I started to feel really bad and I didn't understand why I was feeling bad. Like my back hurt a lot. My stomach hurt a lot. I'm going to try to get through this as quickly as possible. <laughs> so I was, I actually had stepped up to lead a six month outreach in from January to June, 2020. And that was like what God had given me. And that was what I was ready for. So our first country we went to was Lesotho. It's a landlocked country um, inside of South Africa. And it's just like a mountain kingdom. They call it the mountain kingdom. It's a beautiful, beautiful place, but we were in like a remote village area. And so, yeah, while I was there, I started to get more sick and I like I maybe like once a week I was like sick and I was like, not what's happening, but like, this is weird. But maybe I'm stressed, you know, <laughs> like I just like attributed to stress. Our next community we went to was actually a community I'm very familiar with. And it was there where I started to feel sick every day. And I was just like, what is happening? I'm nauseous every day. I'm throwing up a lot. Like, mm. I don't know what's happening. Long story short, May 2020 hits. We all know May 2020. Mm. Um, the, the month the world shut down. Yeah. So we had to end up, we ended up having to ground our teams. We had three teams at the time. We had to ground them and send them home in a matter of like three days. It was, oh, wow. so it was just like a stressful situation. I was actually in a community at the time that had like experienced kind of an outbreak of Corona like the first one in South Africa. And so I I, I went from three months of straight community living into three weeks of self like isolation. Mm-hmm. Like I was by myself. I was quarantined from the family I lived with at the time. That was extremely difficult because all I wanted was people because I didn't feel well and I was sick. Yeah. And so in South Africa, like our lockdown was like a lockdown. It wasn't like America's lockdown where you guys were just like chilling. Like it was like you go out and you don't have your permit, like you're arrested. It was like straight lockdown. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Planes, car, there was no cars on the street. So for five weeks, it was just like doctors and grocery stores. That's about all that was open.
0: Wow.
1: Um, Nothing else. And like the government didn't give any money and nothing. (laughs) So I was like during that time, I was just like do I go to the doctor? Do I not? I'm really sick, but I think I'm just stressed. And I was just going back and forth, but about like the third week of my wondering, I just like, I had this inkling that I have an ulcer and I was like, I have an ulcer. I need to go to the doctor. Yeah. And I like know my body pretty well. I mean, you know, I was college athletics. I tore my ACL twice. I know my, I know my body and what it feels like. And so, yeah, I ended up going to my doctor, like my general practitioner after five weeks of like, so this is now One, two, three, four, almost four and a half months of being sick. Wow. And I go to my doctor and I was like, hey, I have an ulcer. Let's figure it out. (laughs) Like, you know (laughs) what I mean? And he was like, whoa, we just need to do like wait a few weeks and see. So take this medicine. So it took four weeks of trying different medicines and I just kept getting worse. I was literally sick every day, if not multiple times a day. Wow. Long story short, got an endoscopy. The doctor ended up finding like, over 20 ulcers in my stomach, my small intestine. Um, Yeah. What happened with the ulcers is like some of them were healing, some of them weren't, and they ended up screwing over with scar tissue Mm. and they blocked my stomach, which is why I was getting so sick. And so in the midst of all of that, he was like, I don't want to do surgery on you. You're so young. Let's put you on a liquid diet and like, see what happens. And I think like when I got on the liquid diet, that was about June was like, when I really started to be like, what is happening? Like, why is this happening? Yeah, I was like praying day in and day out, like, Lord, what are you doing? Um, I was losing weight, like at a rapid pace. So yeah. I like within the first three months of being sick, I had lost like 30 pounds, it was like, I was not feeling well. <laughs> Um, when I went on the liquid diet, I started to get to the point where I was like anemic. I would like pass out if I stood up. So I spent so much time in bed. And it literally got to the point Edward where i I would just turn on worship music and I would just sit there and cry because what I don't know what else to do. Like, I have asked the Lord to heal me, and I know He can heal me. I don't know what's happening in my body. I don't know why my body's getting so sick. Like, I don't know why it's not getting better, yeah, but like if this is what I need to go through, I need to go through. And so like about like midway through that liquid diet in July, I just like had this, I don't know. i had had so many like nights where I was laying on my floor. I was up the whole night and I was just like, it was just like, it was, it was unreal type of pain Yeah. because it wasn't just like I was throwing up and it was done. I mean, it was pain the whole night. I would wake up, I would be laying down yeah. and I would feel, I would feel like myself about to throw up and I would have to get up. And then I would just like, Yeah, the whole night that happened for a long time. And so about July, I had this moment of just like, okay, Lord, like if I need to go through this, like can like one person can one person know you like if this is what I'm going through just for someone to know you, then like I'll do it. I'll do it if somebody can know you like that's what I had to latch on to because I was like. I don't. I can't do it for myself because if it's up to me, like I was like, I'm ready to take me Lord. Like I've lost forty pounds. I'm like getting so sick. Like, you know what I mean. Like I just. Yeah. So I just had this like, just, just let one person know you. I don't know who it is. I don't care who it is, but like, please, if I'm gonna go through this, like, let it be for your kingdom. <laughs> I'm, like I don't know what else to do. Wow. And so I kind of just like started to change my mindset because I. I'd spent so many nights asking God like why, like literally like audibly asking him why that I was like, maybe I'm not gonna know why. And I think like a like one of my mentors told me that, like, you might never know why you're going through this. And so end of July, I went to my doctor, he did one last endoscopy. It was like worse than he thought. He found more ulcers, they were like new ones forming. They actually thought I had cancer for a while, which was like terrifying wow. for a 30-year-old. Like it was just like this whole ordeal. So he did a biopsy, it wasn't cancer, thankfully. Um, but he still like wasn't convinced that they were going to go away. And so he said, I'm gonna have to operate. And he was like, I need to do it soon. And at that point, i lost about 50 pounds. I was like super malnourished, like my hair was falling out, yeah. my nails were like super brittle. And he was like, We need to get you in here like now. Yeah. <laughs> Um, And so it was literally from the end of July to August 15th is when I had my surgery. Um, But this is where I like really saw the Lord because my surgery was going to be $8,000. And I don't know if anybody knows how missionary works, but like, you don't make money. (laughs) (laughs) Everything I was doing was fundraised. So I didn't have like a salary. Um, And I just prayed like in, in South Africa, you have to pay some of like most of the money up front before you have the surgery. And so I was like, God, this is up to you. And this is the crazy part because I just, I listened to this one song and it was called champion. it's like, you are my champion, like mountain fall when you move. And yeah. I just listened to this song and I just kept praying. Like I was on my knees, like, literally like from bed to my knees, to bed, to my knees, to bed. (laughs) Like that was how my like day went. Um, and God just like moved within three days I had raised $11,000. But the craziest part was people who like are my friends, but aren't really Christians were messaging me middle of the night, telling me, Julia, Wake up, look at your number. It's amazing. And I just kept saying, like, God is so good. God is so good. And so I think, like, so many people got to see the Lord just through that because that's something physical that they can hold on to. And it was so cool for me to see, like, some of my friends and family that look at your number, look at your number. God did it. God did it. And I was like, He did, like, He did do it. Um, And so I was able to have the surgery. And then this is like the crazy part because while I was in, like, I went to ICU for a night, um, that was like very scary. I like woke up all these machines on a feeding tube. But when I got to like my room, I met the lady across from me and I kind of figured out her story over the first, like the next, I was in the hospital for eight days by myself, COVID what are you going to hold on to? I had like roommates and I was like, let's talk to my roommates.
0: Yeah.
1: <laughs> and so yeah. one day my roommate saw me praying and she was like, can you read the Bible out loud to me? And I was like, yeah, and like I'll read it. And I wasn't even really reading. I just had it open because I just needed that like comfort of the yeah. word. So I wasn't even really praying, but I read, I ended up reading her, I think out of Romans. And then she ended up telling me that she was rushed to the hospital and she like, couldn't, she didn't have time to like grab her stuff and she wanted to grab a Bible. Um, but she didn't have time to grab a Bible. And she was like, I kept praying like, like God would send me someone with a Bible. <laughs> and then like, I ended up being across from her. And so that was just another way that I like saw how God like worked and moved. And yeah, even in this recovery, it's been crazy, but yeah, I think that like more than answers your question, but that's like the season that I went through and kind of, I'm still going through because it literally like, this being sick changed my whole life like I don't think I would be sitting in America if I didn't get sick
0: wow that <laughs> I got I got goosebumps when you said like people that people who are your friends that didn't know the Lord saying look God did it look look at your number look at your number that is that is amazing so my next question to you is how did you or how are you getting through those that moment that season how are you getting through that I,
1: I think it's just a new trust that I have in the Lord. And I think like, you can understand this people who have really like known their faith, like I had nothing to hold on to. My body was failing me. My health was failing me. I was, it was COVID. I mean, I literally had nothing else to hold on to. Like, oh everything was failing me. So like, what do I hold on to? Am I going to choose? And the enemy was speaking. He was saying like, is this really your God doing this? Like, are you really? I mean, I remember nights that I was like tormented with these, like, ah, and like, I would, that's why I would sit there with worship music on and just saying, Jesus, Jesus, like Jesus, because I knew like, it's not God doing this. And so like, I really feel like, and it's the same when I got arrested and the same, if I can look back at my whole life that like, when you have nothing else to hold on to, you're either going to choose faith or you're going to choose fear. Yeah. And like, I gave into the fear a lot. I did. I would like sit there and cry and whatever. But like at a moment I had to say like, all right, God, if this is what I'm going through, this is, I'm, you got to help me do it the best way I can. And so like, I, when I tell like my story, just like of my background, I'm like, I had to stop being a victim and start being victorious. Yes. Like, I'm not, I'm not going to sit there and be like, woe is me. Like I'm going to have the surgery and I'm going to do what I can and I'm going to stand back up and I'm going to walk and I'm going to stand and I'm going to like, just do everything in my power because God is now like, he's giving me the second chance. He's giving me this ability. Like I didn't die. Like I easily could have, I was like 115 pounds, five, eight, I mean, (laughs) losing every part of like my health. Um, But I think like to hold on to the fact that like, God must have a plan. And like, I'm not going to give in to the enemy because as soon as I give in, like, what are other people going to think? You know what I mean? Like maybe we are the reason that someone else knows him. And like, if I can be that, then, all right, then let me get sick again. Like I'll go through it again. If you just allow someone else to know him. And I like, I even think like God used this in my own life to transition me from there to here. Like to not, I don't want to say give me a reason, but like to allow me to see what is his plan? Yeah. What, what does he have for me? And I think he uses those things in our lives, but we have to open our eyes to see it. We can't just be like, man, I'm going through this and it sucks because life sucks. Yeah. I mean, life is hard and the enemy throws things at you and he will speak to you and he will put things in your way and he will hurt you. But we have to just say like, no, like God is bigger. And he's gonna do it. And I like had to hold on to that. Like I had
0: on to that. So a question I have for you is um, because I know when I go through those moments, the enemy will try to put in my mind that, oh, it's the past mistakes you made. That's why you're going through what you're going through. So did the enemy try to attack you with that kind of type of logic, like, oh, is your past that's why you're going through what you're going through?
1: Oh yeah. And I think like every time I go through any sort of trial, like that's what the enemy throws at me. Like remember when you did this, like you did this. And I, so my favorite, one of my favorite verses in the Bible is Romans eight one. And it's, there is no condemnation in those who are in Christ Jesus. Yeah. And I just go back to that verse so many times to say like, absolutely not. Like you are not going to throw that on me because like, if you read the rest of Romans, it says like, Romans 8, 28, he's going to work everything out for our good Romans 8, 31. Like if God is for us, who can be against us? Like there are so many truths just in Romans eight there that I am just like, you are not going to throw this at me today. (laughs) Like not today. Um, and there's so many stories in the Bible where God, I mean, the devil was like here, I'm going to throw everything at you. And the Lord was like, I'm going to restore it. Yeah. So I kept just having to think like, the enemy's lies they they do get to you i mean like i said there was nights where i was in bed oh and i remember just crying and like i would listen to this song called more than enough where it's talking about jesus is more than enough and i just listened to that on repeat on repeat yeah. on repeat because i just had to say like not today satan jesus yeah. is more than enough <laughs> you know I mean? but it is like a mental thing too because yeah. it's easy to give in to well, he's right. God okay. doesn't love me. But like, no, like he does. Don't, don't give into that.
0: <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. It's easy to get, go into that, you know, condemnation, that guilt and that shame. But then you have to realize that if God doesn't remember our sins because we ask for forgiveness, why in the world is the devil trying to attack us with something God doesn't remember?
1: <laughs> I, absolutely. Someone, so um, like the family I lived in South Africa, they became my family and they yeah they were just like very at, like, they just love the Lord. And they're the ones that told me about Ephesians, but they actually said they gave this like visual of like, when God looks at us, he doesn't see us. He doesn't see us in our flesh and our sin. He just looks and he sees Jesus on the cross. Wow. That's so and good. he just sees, yeah. And he just sees what Jesus did. He sees us through the lens of Jesus. And I'm just like, whoa, wow. like he, like if you read Ephesians too, like, We are seated at the right hand of Jesus. Like we are not seated below Jesus. Like we are seated there with him every single day. So like he sees us right there. Like, you know, we don't have to be like these woe is me type of people. Like we, we have every heavenly gift given to us. You know, we be, we are wounded and, but we become wounded healers. So I walk with a limp now, but a good limp because it means I wrestled with God and I lost. Yeah. You walk with a limp now because you wrestled with God and you lost. But now you and I can attach to each other and we can say, like, man, you understand. Like, you get it. Like, you get the wrestle. You get how the struggle. But now we can become those wounded healers to walk forward and say, like, hey, me too. Like, that happened to me too. But like, here's what God did.
0: That's so good. Because I don't understand why Christians believe they can go through life without having any scars. Our Savior has scars. He has scars yeah. in his wrist, He has scars in his leg and his feet. So, if he has scars, it's an honor for us to bear scars in the name of Jesus. Absolutely. So, Absolutely. I, the people just need to stop thinking like, "Oh, I'm gonna live my best life." Uh, you know, I believe in God. I'm not gonna go through any trials. James talks about consider it pure joy when you go through all trials and tribulations because it, it gives us an opportunity to get to grow our faith and for our patience to grow. So everyone going through this moment that, you know, that why God, why me God moment does know there's hope in the middle of it. There's peace in the middle of it. There's joy in the middle of it. And his name is Jesus Christ.
1: Amen.
0: So, you I mean, we ahead. are
1: going to heaven one day. Yeah. Can you imagine? Like they're like, we are going there. So like, yeah. hold on. Cause the yeah. best is yet to come. The best is yet to come.
0: That is so good. <laughs> <laughs> So my next question to you is During these moments, during this time is like you don't want to be happy for anyone like you're (laughs) bitter at God. So how do you make sure that the bitterness didn't pour over to your friendships? Because in Romans 12, verse 15, it says, be happy with those who are happy and weep with those who weep. So how do you how did you like probably disconnect from being bitter at God and still show joy and happiness to your friends or your family surrounding you?
1: I honestly my bitter moments actually came like after my operation it was when I realized my whole life had changed wow um and I think that was hard because I was like I thought the worst was over and now I'm angry like why did you why did my whole life change like I can no longer do what I was doing and um but I think what kept me from like literally what kept me going through the whole like pouring it out onto other people was prayer and it's something I've like trained myself to do almost is like, if I feel like jealous or mad or angry or bitter or whatever, like, I literally just tell God, like, (laughs) like it says in your word that you are going to take these things from me. So like, take it. Yeah. And it's actually something that like, when I became like a new Christian, I was learning how to do because I would fall into these spirals of like, why me? Like I would fall into that spiral of, hurt and pain and whatever. And I would tell God, like, it says in your word, like you're going to take this from me. So take it from me now.
0: And a lot of times
1: it would be like gone. And so I know that there was moments where I was just like jealous or I was mad that like people were stepping into my role that like I thought I was supposed to be in. And it, and it like, honestly, it was all coming from a place of hurt, but it just was me going back to the Lord saying like, okay, God, like use me where I am. And like, don't, don't let me be like angry. Like I don't, this is not part of you. Yeah. And it's honestly, I think just like, I, this is not an easy answer,
0: mm-hmm. but it's
1: just like our prayer life. Like yeah, you can get bitter and angry with God and not even open the Bible and not pray once. And I did that for a while. Like I literally didn't even write in my journal or pray or open my Bible for like a month. But yeah. then when I opened it again, it was like his peace just washed over me. And I was like, it's my own choice to say like, all right, God, we're going to work through this together. <laughs> you know yeah. what I mean? And like, I still find myself in moments of like, whew, why did that happen? But like, I don't, then I go back and say, all right, God, I don't need to know why, like just use it. And so it's like, I think it's like our own um, we didn't train ourselves to go to him and to not make ourselves step away. Cause that separation is where the enemy comes right in.
0: Mm, um, and
1: good. I Like I saw that and it was like, God's peace washed over me when I went back to him and said, okay, like, I'm a little angry, but we're going to work through this.
0: Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. yeah <laughs> I, so yeah,
1: It's not an easy answer, but.
0: <laughs> no, that's good. Because I heard one time that Jesus can only heal what we choose to reveal. Like, yeah. are not going to rip off some band-aids and stuff. Like, I'm going to fix this wound. We have to present. We need to cast all our cares to God because he cares for us.
1: Yes. Yes. You know yes. what I mean?
0: So I, we just yeah. have to, like, God, I'm hurt. Can you, can you heal me? God, I, I'm, I'm depressed in this situation. Can you heal me? I'm single. I've been single forever. Lord, touch my heart. <laughs> like show me what I need to do in this moment in time. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, but people try to act like they're stronger than they need to be. But Paul says when I am weak, <laughs> then I'm strong.
1: You are strong. Yeah.
0: <laughs> you know what yeah. I mean? So like no. all the insecurities, like you have, to, we had to give it to Jesus. Like all no. the stuff that we don't know we just have to give it to Jesus.
1: Yeah. And so true what you say about like revealing it. Cause like God already knows. Like yeah. He already <laughs> knows. Yeah. But like I feel like the moment we we talk about it, it's released from us. Yeah. Like He already knows what we're going to say. Yeah. But, like He just wants us to come to him because he is our father.
0: Yeah. Like,
1: and I think people forget that. Like He He is our father. Like He yeah. wants to love us. He wants us to come to Him. And like if you go to your dad and say, Dad, I'm mad, I'm angry about this. Like, help me. He's gonna be like, it's all right, like it's mm-hmm. okay. Like, come to me and we're gonna work through it together. And that's exactly yeah. who he is. Yeah. But I think people like forget that. And I'm like, no, he like wants to love us.
0: Yeah.
1: He wants to love us. He wants to take care of us. He wants to hear
0: about our problems. Even if they're with him, he wants to hear yeah. about it. <laughs> I always say, like, God can handle our emotions. He oh, can handle yeah. our opinions. He can handle our feelings. Just let it let it be known to him. And then also. Yeah when you when you reveal it shows that you actually trust them because like yeah. a doctor is like let me see that wound you will show the doctor because you trust the doctor yeah so say like when we were younger we like scraped our knee and our mom or dad said like let me see your knee it's because we trusted our parents that they knew best for us so when we yeah. reveal to jesus what we're going through it shows jesus like oh you actually trust me even though you can't trace me in the season you're in
1: yeah oh yeah absolutely i agree with that like yeah the moment we reveal things it just shows our trust like you to know. him who he is so definitely 100 <laughs> yeah, yeah. So
0: good anything you want to add to it
1: you know <laughs> no. i there's so much i want to add i just want to like preach the gospel but i think yeah. like i don't know when we're going through these seasons and I, we all get to them whether it's sickness whether it's divorce whether it's hurt, um, pain, you know, heartache, whatever it is. Mm -hmm. Um, and my favorite, one of my favorite verses in revelation 21, Mm -hmm. four, I think it is. But when it says he's going to wipe every tear from his eyes, he's going to take every, everything away. He's going to take every pain, every heartache, every tear away from Um, us. And then we're just going to rejoice with him in heaven. And I know like some people will be like, but heaven seems so far away, but it's like his kingdom is here. And like, Because we are seated with Jesus, we get his spiritual gifts, we get joy, we get peace, we get righteousness every day. Yeah. And so like if I wake up and something's off and I'm not feeling it, I just remember like, I'm seated with you, Lord. Like I have your joy, like give me your joy today. And I just think like we always forget that. Yeah. But like He's gonna take these things from us, whether it's now or in heaven. And yeah, we just have his joy every day, his peace every day. So Oh, that's I can talk so much about it, but that's basically what I would tell people.
0: (laughs) Oh, good. So I just want to let you know, Julie, there is no rush. There's no if it could be 30 minutes or it could be three hours, however long this conversation is. We my goal through these conversations is to make sure that people are transformed through these conversations. So if that can happen in 30 minutes or three hours, whatever happens, happens. So don't don't feel rushed. All right.
1: All right. Let's bring revival.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> revival is coming. Just know. Yeah, it's coming. <laughs> revival is coming. So my next question to you is after the God, why me moment, how were you able to keep an optimistic view?
1: Hmm. I think that was, yeah, I think I'm still getting there. Not, okay. and I don't want to say like, Okay. So around January of this year, I just went through this and that was, mind you, I'd been now sick for a year and I was recovering from my surgery, quite a big operation. Also, yeah. like I have a huge scar down my stomach. Um, yeah, a hu- huge recovery. And yeah. I just, yeah, January to about mid-February, I went through this, oh, this dry period of, yeah, God, why me? And about mid-February, I saw this sermon, um, by Andy Stanley and it was called, um, like in the in-between moments or something. I yeah. don't know if you've seen this one, but he, I watched, it was three parts. I watched all three parts, but he basically talked about how like
0: <laughs>
1: Jesus knows our problems. Yeah. We're not the first ones to go through this. If we think we are, <laughs> we're not. <laughs> and like when, as it? what we said, like when we are weak, he is strong. Yeah. And I remember like hearing that, and I was just like, well, that's a bit harsh. Like, I am the first person to go through it. You know what I mean? Like, but like, really, if you think about it, like, I am not the first person to go through this. Yeah. And Jesus knows how to handle this. And so, and like, on top of that, like, this is just an opportunity for God to show who He is, like, no yeah. matter where. And so I remember like after I like saw three parts of that sermon, I was like, I'm on fire again. Like I am ready. Like, and I don't know what it was about what he said. I don't know if it was the word of the Lord in there. I mean, something that God did in me when I was watching those just made me be like, all right, like I'm going to follow you. So it wasn't like a moment where I was like, oh, I'm optimistic again because I think we go through these like ups and downs in our, in our trials, but something about that moment mid February where I was like, Lord, it can be South Africa, it can be Syria, it can be China, like wherever you want me to go, I'm going (laughs) like it's in, you know, and I, during from February till I, till like a few weeks before I flew back to the States, the Lord just like brought me on this journey with him. I I went hiking and one of the most beautiful places in South Africa, I was yeah. able to just like fully let go. I went surfing on like the coast of South Africa. I, I just had these great adventures with him. And I like, I don't think it was like my reward or anything, but I think it was just God showing me like, I have you.
0: Yeah. Um, That's so, and so it
1: was just like that moment. And even now, like moving back to the States, I know it was God and I know he's put me here for a reason, but I am going through those you know ups and those downs. Yeah. But what I have to remember is I'm not the first one to go through it. Yeah. <laughs> And when I'm weak, he is strong and God already knows what I'm going through, you know? And so at that sermon, if anybody is watching this and wants to go check it out, Andy Stanley in the in-between really changed my life, <laughs> <That's not good. laughs> truly.
0: So those are three points that you, you hold on to right now. Yes. So what do you do when you're like, when you want to think that I am the only one going through this, I'm the first one to go through this. How do you defeat that thought? Cause sometimes we we go through things and it's like I don't understand why I'm going through this. Why am I the only one going through this? When in actuality you're not the only one going through it. So how did you how do you defeat those thoughts when it comes across your mind?
1: I'm gonna be honest. I probably let myself um, in. Like I I will flirt with those thoughts sometimes. Like I will kind of let myself spiral before I'm like Julia snap out of it (laughs) and I'm really bad about that like I'm getting trying to get better but like sometimes I'm like okay woe is me and this is hard but to be honest and it's like we talked about when you share something it comes to light and so whether it's one of my friends one of my mentors whoever it is I literally my I just try to share it with somebody yeah like am I being crazy or am I allowed to be heard about this and if I'm allowed to be heard about this what do I do like literally like it's like I mean we all need that like I'm really strong in my faith but like sometimes I'm weak Actually every damn week, but like, I need someone to point me back and say like, it's okay that you're hurt about this, Yeah, but why don't you like take time and pray about, you know what I mean? Like, I just need someone to give me that permission to say like, all right, it's all right to hurt. Because I think like, as Christians, we don't, we think like, Ooh, we shouldn't hurt and we need to be perfect. But I'm like the number one person to tell you, like, you're allowed to hurt and it's allowed to be painful. And so I think like to reveal what I'm feeling to somebody makes all the difference but it usually takes me a while to get there because I just I have pride and I don't want to tell someone I'm struggling yeah. but I have to just say like knock it down Jesus and like allow me to share this with somebody you know what I mean For Sure. <laughs> yeah so no recipe but get it out there
0: <laughs> it's crazy because like you said like as Christians we think that we have to be strong but it's funny because in the book of Psalms David's like you collect my tears in a bottle yeah So this is how I read it. So it's okay as a Christian to cry. (laughs) We don't have to ball out up. We don't have to have this pent up frustration. It's okay to cry. And now we know that God collects all our tears in in a bottle. You know what I mean? I mean, if you
1: read all like Psalm, I think it is Psalm 88. If you go read Psalm 88, he's literally like... I'm on my knees. I'm at like, this is the darkest moment of my life. Like, so I remember I read that Psalm and at one point in my life, I resonated with that. Yeah, I was like, this is the darkest moment. Like, you know, but if you read a lot of the Psalms, David switches from mourning and crying out to the Lord to like joy and peace and repentance. And like, that's how like the Psalms go. And I love it for that reason, because he's so real. And I mean, God says David is a man after his own heart, but David was like the biggest, one of the biggest sinners. I mean, like, adultery and all of I mean there was so much that went into like David but like he was a genuine earnest man of God yeah and God saw that in him Mm -hmm. because he cried out to him you know we're allowed to cry out and be like man I messed up or God I need you or why me God why this like you can he can handle it (laughs)
0: yeah and it's crazy because like you said the Bible says that David is a man after God's own heart the reason why, because he knew he was weak. (laughs) David knew, like, I can't can't do this by myself. So, like, if you look at the story of David when he was anointed king, his father rejected him. His father did not even invite him to his own anointing party. Can you imagine? Yeah, (laughs) Yeah,
1: no, I can't even imagine.
0: (laughs) And then now the person who went to go serve King Saul tries to kill him twice. Yeah. More than twice, really. And then it's it's just crazy.
1: Yeah, no, it's crazy. I agree. So, but yeah, I think back to your question. Yeah. That's how we like get through these, yeah, moments of essentially spiraling into our own like minds. (laughs) I
0: I think we all have to remember that God is so God, he can keep all his promises. And I heard one time someone said that like we need to stop looking at God like a, a big angel. Because some yeah. people have their view of like, oh, God is just a, the biggest angel of them all. No, God is God. Yeah. He, he spoke the universe out of nothing. The Bible says in the beginning, there was nothing in the world. The world was void. There's nothing there. And then God said, let there be light. And out of nowhere, it was light. He spoke, yeah. nothing, he spoke something out of nothing.
1: Yeah. And we also <laughs> remember that like, we are not God. And like, oh. I think a lot of times we try to be our own gods. Yeah. Like we're like, ooh, I can handle this. In reality, I'm like, I can't handle this. Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. So, like, we are not God. Let God be
0: God. Yeah.
1: We are not, me, you know?
0: That is so good. Let's talk about that real quick. There's so many people that, <laughs> there's so many people that's like, I want this this way, this way, and that way. And we, we hold God to a promise he never made. And yep. we get mad at God about the promises we made to ourselves. Yep. So, can we talk about that real quick? Like, how? Huh.
1: <laughs> First off, the Bible says all of God's promises are yes and amen in Christ. Come on, and I truly believe that I 100. But like, if you go and read the, God's promises, it's promises of peace, it's promises of joy. It's not promises of like marriage and a relationship and a job. Come and I think on. a lot of times we have this like idea in our mind, like all right I've decided that I want to have this job yeah so God if you could just like make those two thoughts go together then you know what I mean I think we have that like thought um and I know for me like a lot of times I'm just like God remove my thoughts from my mind yeah and let it be your thoughts because like I like even when I moved back like I didn't want it to be am I just wanting to move back because I'm uncomfortable and this is hard and recovery is hard. Like I don't want to be the person that life gets hard and I leave. Yeah. And I was like, God, you need to clearly speak to me because I don't want this to be my thoughts. And I literally, I went to mentors. I went to people and I asked people to pray. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. and I think there's like a certain bit of accountability in that because I read or, <laughs> another sermon by Louis Giglio called yeah. God has the mic.
0: Um, right.
1: And he talks about hearing from the, hearing from the Lord. And so he talks about the five, like five things you can do to hear from the Lord. Mm -hmm. And the first thing he says is like spending time in earnest prayer with God, obviously like seeking out God's word. Like what does God's word say? God's word does not say like, you need to move to America, but like God's word can lead you. One of the other things it says to do is to like, let your, like, let your circle into what you're thinking the third thing is like talk to mentors. The fourth thing is like to get confirmation. you know, there's like, it was like this whole thing. And I remember listening yeah. to that going, wow. Like, th- like there's so much that goes into hearing God's voice. And a lot of times we just like make a decision, put it on paper and say, okay, yeah. sign off God. Like you just, can you just sign here? You know? Yeah. Um, but to really, really sit back and say, okay, remove my thoughts and let it be your thoughts. Um, And again, there is no formula. It's literally just like, am I, and you know, when you're doing something out of selfish ambition, you know, you feel it. Like I, I will feel it if I'm doing something out of selfish ambition, but when I do it from the Lord, there is peace. And there is just like a holy anointing from it. Yeah.
0: Yeah, you you get the Holy Spirit conviction in a heartbeat. That'll yeah. <laughs> you know, be like, that ain't me. Yeah, Holy Spirit, come on over. Uh, you know you're not doing this for me. You do this for you. You're like, uh, but I put your stamp on it. Is that, yeah. <laughs> is that okay?
1: Um, the mom of the family I lived in South Africa, she would always say like, "I don't want to miss what God is doing." And I remember being like, "That's such a simple statement." But if you think about it, like when we put our own stamp of approval on it and we just ask God to stamp it, yeah. we're missing what he wants.
0: Yeah.
1: We're missing, we're completely missing where he wants us to be and what he wants us to do. And like, I don't want to live a day in my life and miss what God has for me.
0: Yeah, Like I want it all.
1: I want everything God has for me, not in a selfish way, but just like, I want his plan. I want his like steps i want everything you know what i mean yeah um and i thought that was such an easy way to put that like why do we want like even if something feels better at the time why do we want it yeah why for comfort for safety i mean nothing is guaranteed nothing nothing at all and then
0: there's someone says this and i love the saying that that it's a prayer like lord stamp eternity on my heart yep and we start realizing that everything we do is for eternity and, but so many people, especially in our generation, you know, we live through the whole YOLO generation. We're the YOLO generation. Let's go. <laughs> uh, but but everybody say you only live once. But as we know, if you're a believer, you live twice. Yep. Yeah. You live once here, and then you're gonna live once in heaven. But yeah. like, it determines what you do here is how you live in heaven. And I'm yeah. not. And let me clear this up because people might get confused. I'm not saying that you have to do works to get to heaven. No. Is all the works of Jesus Christ. But the Bible yeah. does say that we will be judged on, on our works and then we will get rewards on the base of our works. So I'm just saying that it's we need to stamp eternity on our heart and keep moving. Yep. And I also want to say that God's promises is not the American dream. It's not no. to have two and a half no. kids, no. the white picket fence, a three-story house. That is not God's promises. Don't get me wrong. God's promises could translate to that. But I'm here to tell you right now, God never talked about getting a two-story house, two two and a half kids, anything like that. So we need to make sure that we know the promises of God in our lives and not the American dream.
1: Amen to that. Um, I once heard a pastor, it was like a guy, I think he was like an atheist and he turned Christian. Anyways, this is a really like quick statement, but he basically said like, yeah, he was like atheist and turned Christian. And then he just like was sold out for God. And he just said, I would rather live my life as if heaven exists than to live my life if it doesn't and find out it doesn't exist yeah or find out it does exist sorry
0: yeah. like
1: he would rather live his life to say like all right heaven is real than yeah. to live his life like it doesn't and find out he's wrong you know yeah. what i mean like that 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 heaven is real and that he lived his life like he partied and he did drugs and he slept around and he you know was mean to people and wasn't kind and then all of a sudden he was wrong and heaven is real yeah. and now where are you going you know what yeah. I mean and I thought that was so powerful to say like and I know that that's such a simple like like childish way to put that but like if you have a doubt like rather live your life yeah like thinking heaven exists yeah. then like live your life and say YOLO and yeah. then to find out at the end that like man you missed it you missed yeah. the mark you know what I mean
0: because you have more you have more to lose thinking there's no heaven
1: more to lose yep (laughs) way more to lose yeah yeah
0: so hebrews 10 verse 23 says let us hold tightly without wavering to the hope we affirm for god can be trusted to keep his promise Amen. so my last question to you julia is what is your final advice to people who are in the season where they can't trace jesus
1: my oh yeah my advice would be hold on like there is hope at the end and when you really think you can't trace him look back look back at where he was faithful in your life oh
0: good that is good look
1: look back at all the moments he brought you through was it something you messed up on and he brought you out of it was it something you grew up with an abuse and whatever look back and note god was there why would he not be here
0: wow that is good
1: That's what I have to do to myself, like to say, like, like, man, like he put this in my life when I was 10, when I was 12, when I was 15, when I was 20, when I was 25, why would he not do it when I'm 30? Why, you know, And, and to just like trace his faithfulness to say, like, I know right now it feels hard, but he has come through every other time. And like we said, all his promises are yes and amen. Why will he not come through now? He will. I don't know when, and I kept telling about my own self. God is eventually going to make my situation good. I don't know when, I don't know when it's going to feel good to have been that sick, to be still recovering, to still be getting sick. I don't know when it's going to feel good, but he is going to make it good because that's who he is Yeah, because he's done it every other time. He brought my situation of going to jail and that whole heartache and he made it good. I became a missionary. I just like was sold out for him. Why would he not do it again? just in a different mission field why so yeah. that would be my faith is to look back at who he is and to just trace his faithfulness because he's going to do it again
0: that is so good because the bible says jesus is the same yesterday today and forever yeah so like our storms can get crazy it can change up it can make us want to go crazy yeah but jesus stays the same
1: the same yeah. and he's the same in our lives too yeah. so just trace his faithfulness because he's there
0: that, oh, that is good. Say that one more time. <laughs> you said a nugget. You don't know what you just yeah, said.
1: No, trace his faithfulness because he is there and he's not leaving and he will still be there. So, so.
0: wait, you, you don't understand how good that is. When you can't trust, Je- when you can't trace Jesus, trace his faithfulness.
1: Yeah, trace his faithfulness. <laughs> that is so good. He, he has been there. He is will always be there. Come on. Don't even look at your own life. Look at his life.
0: Come on. He has
1: always come through. He has always come through. He will not stop now. That's not who he is. He is the God of the breakthrough. He is oh the God, God that will come through. That's who he is. That's who he is.
0: Man, he's the <laughs> God of the breakthrough. He's the God that's going to come through. That's, yeah. you can make a shirt. You can make we can
1: make a shirt. Yeah. <laughs> Let's do it. We'll make a shirt.
0: <laughs> that is so good. Psalm 23, verse four, this is one of my favorite verses ever. It says, yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. So any last things you wanna say?
1: I want to point out the end of that verse because or the end of that um, Psalm because this is who Jesus is. So the last part of that Psalm says, Surely your goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life. So though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death.
0: Come on. I will fear no evil. Come on. And
1: you prepare a place for me in the presence of my enemies. That's what he says. He prepares a place. He sits at a table. He puts a fork and a knife and he says, "Sit here because I am going to give you peace in the middle of your battles. I'm going to give you peace in the middle of your enemies coming at you. But Surely goodness and mercy will follow you all the days of your life. I mean, is there not a better promise than that Psalm? Psalm 23. I love it so much because it literally says, I will lead you by still waters. Though you walk through the valley of the shadow of death, do not fear evil. I prepare a place for you. My goodness follows you. What else do you need?
0: That is so good. I wish you had a mic so you can just drop it right there. Was, what
1: else do you need? I love Psalm 23 so much. Yeah,
0: that is so good. Julia, thank you so much. Thank you. Practical steps how to trace Jesus when we can't even, how we can trust Jesus when we can't even trace him. Yep. So, and if you
1: can't trace him, trace his faithfulness.
0: Come on. Come on. <laughs> That is so good. So before we end episode nine of Saturday Conversations, we just want to get to know you a little bit better, Julia. So we're going to play a game called This or That. Have you played yes. it? Yes. <laughs> you played it before?
1: No. Well, kind of. So I've seen people play it. So yeah, let's do so it. So <laughs> I'm giving
0: two options. You choose an option. And then at the end, I'll share my guesses. So if I get more than three, it means I know you pretty well. If I get below three, it means I don't know you. And we have to hang <laughs> out whenever I'm That's in San Antonio. So whenever you're ready, let me know. I'm ready. Let's go. All right. So um, Bible characters, Moses or David? Moses. Okay. Uh, If you had to play a sport, soccer or volleyball? Soccer. If you had to wear apparel, Nike or Adidas?
1: Adidas. Adidas, how the South Africans say (laughs) it.
0: (laughs) So if you had to do one type of workout for the rest of your life, what would you want to do? Push-ups or sit-ups? push-ups okay and then if uh your favorite type of dessert out of these two apple pie or peach cobbler peach cobbler all the way all right I think uh I got three out of five
1: okay hey you did good actually
0: (laughs) (laughs) so I picked David because you know what's funny is Moses is my favorite character out of the bible you know because I heard Jesus is not a character Jesus is a subject so he's out of the whole character situation yeah so Moses is my favorite character soccer I already knew you play soccer yeah Adidas uh, I don't know you seem like you like Adidas so I I just picked Adidas
1: yeah I'm an Adidas person
0: (laughs) and I picked I picked sit-ups because sit-ups seem like it's easier to do so I thought Mm-hmm.
1: After stomach surgery, I'm all about push ups. Let's go.
0: <laughs> Makes sense. <laughs> Makes so much sense. So before the surgery, would you pick sit ups or push ups?
1: Oh, yeah, 100% sit ups. But okay. after <laughs> surgery, I'm like, push ups, it is.
0: <laughs> awesome. And then I'll pick Peach Cobbler.
1: Peach okay, good? awesome. Yeah. I want to tell you why I love Moses, though, um quickly. Oh, go ahead. <laughs> Just the story. Like, I mean, obviously, the big story of when. He like, (laughs) like rescues the Israelites, right? Like we all know the story, but he doubted God. And at one point he said, I can't do this because of his speech and all of this. And he told God, like, I can't do it. And God said, I chose you. And I love that about Moses because God specifically chose him for a task. Like literally this like slave boy who like grew up in not slavery and like just grew up at this high place. And then God brought him back down, said, you can do this and then led him through all of it. And I'm just like, whoa, that's who God is. Like he brings us to this place. He says, I choose you. And he leads us through it. Like, come on.
0: Yeah. And honestly, that's why I love Moses so much. Because most of the stuff I do, I never feel qualified to do it. But then it does remind me of if God was with Moses, then God could be with me. And if God called me to it, then God's going to supply me through it. Come on, so Let's
1: <laughs> yeah, honestly,
0: that's what that's why I love Moses so much. Because like he wasn't the best um, spoken person. No, he, he was he was on the run. He had an identity crisis because he was a Hebrew, but he grew up in an Egyptian, Egyptian uh, household. So yeah. was like, he was on a run for forty years before God called him. So yeah. I, Absolutely. I appreciate him, and also on the Mount of Transfiguration, it was Jesus, Moses, and Elijah. So he holds some type of weight.
1: Uh, no, <laughs> type of weight. You're right.
0: <laughs> so yeah. once again, thank you so much, Julia. Before we end, you. do you mind praying for us? Well, everybody, we do the prayer.
1: Yeah, I'd love to. All right. Father God, we just come before you. Um, just thank you so much for Edward. Thank you for this platform that he has been given by you, God. Thank you that you have given him a voice. Um, and You have given him the opportunity and the communication skills and everything to reach out to not only me, but to different people, God, and to just share your stories and share who you are. Um, And I pray that you bless this platform. I pray that you bless every person that watches this, Lord. And I just pray today, God, that whatever was not of you, let it fall by the listener's ears, but whatever is of you, God, that they will listen to, that they will hear. I mean, God, everything that we talked about, Psalm 23, Revelation 21, Hebrews, Lord, all of the promises that we talked about. I just pray that whoever is watching this, and if someone is going through a hard time, if somebody is going through a struggle, Lord, that you will just allow them to trace your faithfulness because we know you are so faithful. We know that when we walk through the valley of the shadow of death, God, that we should fear no evil because you are with us. And God, I pray for Edward, myself, for every person listening, God, that your goodness and your mercy will follow us all the days of our life. And I pray that we remember our seated position, God. I pray that we remember that we are seated with you, that we are given righteousness, peace, joy. We are given all of your heavenly blessings, God, because we are seated next to your son. Um, Lord, I just pray as we leave today, as um, every person who is listening, I just pray that you allow us to walk with you. Um, Lead our steps, God. Lead everything that we do from here on out. Lead our voice. Lead our words. Lead our actions. Lead our relationships, God. God. Um, And just allow us to further your kingdom. So I pray that you put in our hearts and in front of each one of us, God, an opportunity to just continue your kingdom, continue your work. Um, God, and we love you so much. Thank you for sending your son. Thank you that he died on the cross for us. God, I can't even imagine what that felt like to send your own son to die. But you did it for us because you love us. And I just don't even think I can fathom that, God. And so I just thank you for your son. And thank you for His sacrifice and for his willingness. And I pray that we will just be like that, Lord. Make us like Jesus. Make us like him. It's in your name that we pray. God, your mighty and precious and holy name. We love you in your name. Amen.
0: Amen man thank you so much let me just pray for you real quick before we close um father lord we just thank you for your daughter we thank you for the wisdom and the revelation that you that she she gave us throughout this conversation i, I pray that you grant her the desires of her heart we ask you that you continue to heal her um, mentally spiritually and physically and In in mighty name of jesus christ i pray that you continue to give a revelation i pray that you continue to um, unfold her purpose the purpose that you have for her in her life, in my name, of Jesus Christ, I pray that the peace that surpassed all men's understanding would be um, given to her to guard her heart and her mind. In my name, Jesus Christ, I pray that wherever she goes, that that, that people will see the light that you placed in her. We ask you that uh, we ask you that you bless her um, with um, peace, love, joy, in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. Allow her to go from strength to strength and allow her to go from glory to glory. We give you the honor. We say, blessed be your holy name and mm-hmm. Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen.
1: Amen and amen. Thank you so much. <laughs> no
0: problem. So thank you for tuning in for episode nine of Saturday Conversations. Julia, where can people find you?
1: You can find me on my website, my Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, all of that is there. It's www.juliagreif.com. My last name is G-R-E-I-F. So juliagreif.com.
0: All right. I'll put right. Uh, I'll put the link in the description box below. Awesome. So thank you so again, much. I want to say a special thank you to you, Julie. It's been a long time. We we're talking. It's been five years since we've seen each other. So I'm glad to see that you're alive and well. Um, There's a time that the devil tried to take you out, but Jesus had the victory. Not
1: today. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so I'm so grateful to call you sister. And I'm so glad mm-hmm. to see what God is doing in your life and what God's going to do in yeah. your life. Yeah, so same. everyone, don't forget to subscribe and hit the notification bell. Join the conversation below. Tell us what stood out to you in the, com- in the comment section. And also, if you have any prayer requests, also put in the comment section below. I love you. God bless you. And I'll see you next time.